You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. It is Friday, January 23rd. Or no, it's not. It's Friday, January 22nd. Um, I am sorry. Uh, for the delay this morning. I had some things going on last night, didn't get to record, so I'm recording this on Friday morning. It'll get posted uh, probably around noon on Friday, and if you listen in the mornings, typically, my apologies. Hate that that happened, but had some uh, things come up in my other job that just prevented me from getting a, a recording done last night. I want to cover a lot of ground in these three segments today, but first, I want to discuss something that uh, I had mentioned earlier I think it was this week or maybe last week and I'm mad at myself because I didn't I didn't go strong enough I didn't have a strong enough take I didn't bring the hot take my take was a little cold um because I I guess I just wasn't ready to go all the way in but Mark Cohen who is the sports information director for TCU football he went ahead and uh and made it a reality yesterday I saw this from Pro Football Focus 2021 NFL draft safety ranking. So pro football focus ranked the safeties that will be eligible for this incoming draft. Number one, Trayvon Merrig. Number two, Ardarius Washington. TCU had the number one and number two safety, according to uh, pro football focus in this year's draft. Jeff Cavanaugh, who does uh, some pretty intense draft scouting and um, reporting for the fan, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, he agrees. He thinks they're also 1-2. Um, so that means Pro Football Focus also had uh, Trey Tomlinson as the best corner in the country as far as in coverage, and they had Trey as the 14th best player in the nation. Um, I'm ready to say it. Mark Cohen's ready to say it. He said it on Twitter yesterday. TCU is DBU. Like, let's just let's just claim it, guys. Let's, let's claim it. I know LSU has claimed that. Texas claimed it for like one week. It didn't work out for them. But let's just say who we are. I mean, Jeff Gladney in the NFL, Jason Verrett in the NFL, um, had some other guys like Derek Kindred, you know, come through that played in the league a little bit. Uh, you, you got great corners right now and Travis Hodges Tomlinson and Noah Daniels. Um, you've, you've had really solid corners in the past, like Kevin White, um, good safeties in the past, like Sam Carter. I mean, we can go down the list uh, of guys that have been incredible. But Trayvon Merrigan, Ardarius Washington, probably going to get picked in the first couple of days of, of the draft um, in the spring. And, you know, at a, at a professional level, like, is TCU putting guys in the NFL just left and right that are great players at that position? No, I, I mean, I think, you know, there are definitely some SEC teams that have a claim to that. But as far as if you come to Fort Worth and you want to play in the secondary, you're going to get developed into a really good college player. You're at least going to get developed into a great college player. Um, and that's that's something that's something to hang your hat on. That's special. Like, I really feel like, and I, I'm sure TC is doing this, but I hope they're really, you know, pounding the pavement about it, going around the state of Texas and saying, hey, if you're a corner, if you're a safety, if you play in the secondary – you need to come play in Fort Worth because we'll make you a great player. Now, you know, we we've, we've have a proven track record of putting guys in the league too, but if you want to be a great college ball player at those positions, then you need to come play at TCU because 
Um, they just consistently develop and churn out these really solid uh, players of those positions. And um, I'm glad that there's starting to have some momentum. They're starting to build some momentum and other people are starting to notice, hey, they're doing this year in and year out. So I just want to get that out of the way. And then another topic that I wanted to cover, um, and I hadn't really thought about this, but Jeremy Clark actually sort of brought this to my attention because he was talking about uh, bringing in transfers. And TCU has been fairly active on the transfer market. They got a couple grad transfers from Memphis and then obviously brought in quarterback Chandler Morris. And I've just been sort of saying um, that Chandler's going to be eligible to play next year because for the longest time, there was a lot of momentum from the NCAA to approve this one-time transfer rule, which would be a universal rule across all sports that you could transfer one time and you wouldn't suffer any eligibility issues. So, like, the first time you transferred, you could play immediately. Now, if you decide to do it again, you'd have to sit out a year, but the typical rule that you had to sit out for a season when you transferred schools would not be in effect. And it seemed like that was going to get approved. And it might still get approved, but they've kicked it down the road to May. They've also kicked the issue of name, image, and likeness down the road to May. And if those two um, proposals are going to be linked together, then I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to kick the can down the road because I don't think the NCAA actually wants to approve the idea of allowing players to profit off their name, image, and likeness. They're kind of just getting cornered into doing it. And I just I believe they're going to keep moving it and keep postponing it until basically the government kind of forces them to do something about it. And that might be soon because I know California has signed – a law into effect that would allow players to do that. Those laws are on the books in other states as well. Um, so we might come to a place in the near future where they have to make a decision on it. But TCU is going to be careful about who they take in as far as transfers go because you don't know for sure that those guys are going to be eligible. And if Chandler Morris is not eligible, it's not the end of the world because you have Max Duggan on your roster and he's been your starter and he can be your starter still. But – it would just be something to note because that would mean, I mean, there wouldn't really be a quarterback competition in the spring and in the fall. It would just be Max Duggan's job, and it would basically, you know, he'd be there. And then I guess once Morris would be eligible, they might compete. But at that point, Max would be technically a senior. He would have the extra year of eligibility. It's going to be really fascinating to see how this all plays out with the extra eligibility years and the log jam that that could create on rosters. Um, it, it's going to create some really odd situations, but it's just something to notice or, or to note because I've, I've kind of just been saying like, Hey, Chandler Morris is going to play. And I can't say that definitively. I mean, he might, but he also might not. And I know that's not a great answer, but I just want to put that out there. Uh, keep an, keep an eye on that. They're supposed to vote on this transfer rule in May. And that's going to have a huge effect on transfers who are not grad transfers and won't be immediately eligible. Coming up next, I want to hit uh, just kind of a scatter shoot through some more assorted news. And we'll tell you about TCU baseball and their schedule to start the season. We'll do that coming up. But first, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. I've been talking to you about it for weeks. Betonline.ag, uh, if you want to make some money this weekend on those conference title games, going to be some big matchups, AFC and NFC title games. Go to betonline.ag. Check out the latest lines. Also, you can get good news there. You can get news there, news updates, injury updates, 
If you want to bet on college basketball or the NBA, betonline.ag is your one-stop shop. They are your online sports book experts. And if you t- use the promo code Locked On when you visit that website, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. One more time, that's betonline.ag. Back here on Locked On Horn Frogs, Stephen Simcox here with you, segment number two on this Friday. And uh, let's cover some more ground. A lot of news coming in today. I love days like this where you got a bunch of different things that you can talk about. But um, I want to hit on uh, some scheduling news in both baseball and basketball. So we know that in college baseball in the Big 12, they're going to play their normal 24-game conference schedule, which, I mean, the simplest way to put that is they're going to play every team uh, in a three-game series. They're going to play a three-game series against every team in the league. TCU is and every other Big 12 school will. So nothing's going to change on that front. Still working out non-conference schedules. Um, I assume that you'll have your typical Tuesday night games like you do uh, every season. And then TCU will also try to put together some non-conference series as well. But we got this news, um, and it's exciting news yesterday. Drew Davidson reported that TCU will be part of a tournament. Uh, It's going to be the Big 12 SEC Challenge. It's going to be at Globe Life Field, so where the Rangers play. They're going to be a major league ballpark. Six of the top ten teams in the country are playing in this event. And here's the lineup that TCU will play at that Big 12 SEC tournament. They're going to play number six Ole Miss to open the season on February 19th. On uh, February 20th, they're going to play number seven Mississippi State. And on February 21st, they're going to play Arkansas, who's number eight in the country. So, hey, talk about a heck of an opening weekend Let's just get it going. We're going to find out how good this TCU baseball team is almost immediately. This is an insane field. It's going to be at a great venue at Globe Life Field. Uh, and I, I'm stoked, man. Like, uh, no no rest for the weary. You're coming out. You haven't played in a year and a half. Well, you're playing some of the best teams in the country right off the bat. Arkansas knocked TCU out of the, uh, out of the NCAA tournament a few years ago. They always have a great pitching staff, a really good team. Um, Old Miss and Mississippi State always have teams that are playing, you know, in, in hosting regionals, hosting super regionals. So that's going to be a great measuring stick for this TCU baseball team. And I'm ready to see the full schedule, but that's a heck of a way to open the season by taking on those three teams. Those three teams are in the uh, in the top ten in the country, and TCU is as well. So let's get it on. Big 12 SEC tournament. And, again, that's on February 19th and they'll play uh, three games in three days. Also, we have some news on the scheduling front. TCU basketball was supposed to play Kansas this coming Tuesday. That game has been moved to Thursday, and I I don't really know why that is. My guess is maybe TCU can get some guys back by Thursday, and they'll actually be able to have a full team, and the Big 12 wants to play those games, and uh, they'll, they'll try to get it in this week. But TCU basketball, they were supposed to play Kansas coming up on Tuesday next week. They're going to play them on Thursday, so we've got to wait six more days to see the Frogs back in action. But at least they will get that Kansas game in now, and they won't have to wait um, you know, another week or another couple weeks to uh, play KU and have another game that they have to reschedule. Also, Texas Tech and TCU, that was supposed to be played uh, on Wednesday – 
um, January 20th. Sorry, I'm trying to keep all this in my head. Texas Tech and TCU that was supposed to be played Wednesday, January 20th, has been rescheduled, and it's going to be played now on February 15th. And Drew Davidson from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram says this means TCU will play three games in a five-day stretch. Texas on February 13th, uh, Tech on February 15th, and then you turn around and you play Texas Tech again on February 17th. And, oh, by the way, Texas and Texas Tech are two of the best teams in the Big 12. You're just going to play them three times in five days. No big deal. Good luck to Jamie Nixon. Good luck to TCU. I mean, this is this is just how it is. I understand. you got to find a way to play these games. Um, you have to get the games in. But, man, what a challenge this is going to be for this uh, for this TCU basketball team to play competition at that level, at that high of a level, uh, just back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. But they'll uh, that's what they're going to do. It, some of those games will be at home. Some will be on the road. So three games in five days. Um, that that's pretty crazy, but that's that's how the Big Twelve is trying to uh, trying to figure this out. I mean, that they're just they're trying to schedule these games, winning where they can. They only have that one buffer week in between the end of the regular season and um, the start of the NCAA tournament. So they're just trying to find a way to you know get games played right now, so they don't have ten, fifteen, twenty games that they have to reschedule with a very limited amount of time to get those games in. So that's some news uh, scheduling-wise in in the TCU basketball world. Coming up tomorrow, the Lady Frogs are back in action against Texas Tech. Tech is 8-6 and six on the season. They're 3-5 and five in Big 12 play. And TCU and Texas Tech will meet up at 1 o'clock on uh, Saturday. Should be a good one. You know, TCU played Tech really well on the road. Um when, when these two teams met up the first time. I mean, it was, a, it was a good, solid game, and they jumped out to a big lead. Unfortunately, just couldn't hold on. Um, Tech came back and ended up winning that one, but they played them pretty well. So I would expect this is a game at home that TCU could get a victory in, uh, just feel better about themselves, get to 2-6 and six in conference play. And again, I mean, at this point, you're not really playing for a tournament appearance or anything like that. So just do the best you can, um, do what you can, and try to uh, try to win as many games as you possibly can. I think that's got to be the mentality for, for Reagan Peebley and her squad. Hey, let's try to build some momentum going into the offseason, get healthy. Um, you got a lot of people that are going to return next year. So figure out good chemistry, how to play together, and then try to use that as a springboard into next season. So TCU and Texas Tech, that's coming up at 1 o'clock. On Saturday, that's going to be in Fort Worth. So get your tickets if you can. Get in that building and, and cheer on the Lady Frogs as they continue to roll through the regular season. Man, I'm really excited about that uh, Big 12 SEC baseball tournament. That's going to be so much fun. We're about a month away. We have an official date. February 19th is when first pitch for TCU baseball uh, gets started. Okay, coming up next, I want to inform you about a note on uh, Big 12 quarterback. It was on the transfer portal. We'll do that coming up. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Stephen Simcox here with you. Final segment on Locked On Horn Frogs. Don't forget, you can always subscribe um, to the pod on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, wherever it is. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast, and um, that allows you to listen to it whenever and wherever because it downloads the podcast directly to your phone. And if you. Uh, Listen on Apple Podcasts. One thing you could do for me that would really help me out is you could give me a review. 
Um, I'd love you to give me a five-star review, but be as honest as you want to be. Give me some feedback. And if I get good reviews, that's helpful because if someone kind of stumbles upon the podcast and they're interested in it but they don't know a lot about what kind of content they're going to get, then they can take a look at that and say, oh, okay, um, I'll give this a shot because there's a number of people that say it's worth listening to. So um, thanks in advance if you do that, and thank you if you've done that before. So some news in the Big 12 on the transfer front. Uh, Tech quarterback Alan Bowman is in the transfer portal. He tweeted this out this morning. He said uh, he wanted to thank Coach Kingsbury for recruiting him, went on to thank um, the, the Matt Wells coaching staff and the fans at Texas Tech. And at the end, he says, with that being said, I've decided to enter the transfer portal. As a graduate transfer with three years of eligibility remaining, I will forever be a proud alum of Texas Tech University and will always cherish memories I've made here. I cannot wait to see where this journey takes me next. So Alan Bowman in the transfer portal. You know, it's, it's super interesting to me. I, uh, I remember when TCU and Texas Tech played earlier this season. And um, I was just sort of dumbfounded. That Tech offense was so stuck in the mud. And the TCU defense had a really good day. Aside from a few uh, long pass plays, Tech just couldn't get anything going. And the quarterback that day for Texas Tech was Henry Columbia. And Bowman didn't really play at all. And Alan Bowman is, has just had a, a really weird career. I mean, he's, he's been very effective when he's been on the field, but he's been hurt every single season. He was banged up again this year, but he also lost his job this year uh, due to performance. I mean, if we're being honest, like they just kind of liked what Columbia brought to the table. Now, he was a transfer from Utah State, so he had some familiarity with Matt Wells, with uh, David Yost, and with that coaching staff. Um, but I just always thought Bowman had such, like he, he has arm talent that Columbia just doesn't have, you know, when I watched Texas tech games throughout the season, they were kind of switching back and forth between those two guys. And it it just always felt really silly that he wasn't the starter. Um, and I know when he was hurt, you know, jet Duffy stepped in, uh, for a couple seasons in a row. And then Duffy ended up leaving because he kind of saw the, the writing on the wall of, Hey, when um, when Allen's healthy, this is his team. This is going to be the guy that's getting the snaps. But then this year, it was like Columbia kind of started to move his way in there. And then I also know um, that, that Texas Tech has a big freshman quarterback, and I'm, I'm blanking on that, that young man's name right now, but I know he's a four-star player, and they were uh, worried about um, losing him when they changed coordinators, but they were able to, to hold on to him even when Sonny Cumbie um, took over and, and took over for David Yost. And Sonny, of course, came over from TCU. Baron Morton is the big uh, four-star quarterback prospect that they have in this 2021 class. And he is a four-star prospect um, out of Eastland, Texas. Eastland always has good teams. Man, this is just crazy. Like Texas Tech sitting 10th in those Big 12 rankings on 247 and recruiting. Of course, TCU – was ninth. They had a small class. So did Texas Tech. They only had 12 commits. But it's just kind of wild to see TCU and Texas Tech behind schools like Kansas and Kansas State in the Big 12 Conference recruiting rankings. But uh, I, I was just sort of shocked by this. Like, I guess it, it makes sense if he um, if he thinks that, you know, he's doesn't really have a good chance to be the starter. We see players transferring 
every single week, every single day, the transfer portal is, is filling up like crazy. And with the extra year of eligibility, you know, rosters are getting deeper and there's more competition, which means especially at that quarterback position where there's only one guy on the field, you, you'll see more of this. But um, surprised that, that he's making this move. I, I just – I've always gotten the impression that Bowman was the better quarterback um, and, and the best quarterback for that football team. And I don't really understand why they kept going back to Columbia. I, I just – I know he could make some plays with his legs. He could extend the play. He did have that one win over West Virginia, which was sort of stunning. But other than that, he wasn't real consistent. You know, he seemed to struggle mightily at times. I, I just I, – I did not get it. And uh, surprised that, that Bowman's moving on. But, I mean, hey, that's just uh, – that's just the world of college football right now. These these players are on the move constantly, and they just keep making things um, happen. If they if you know if they feel like if they're not going to be the the starter, then it's just time to move on. So, um, Alan Bowman on the move. Just a interesting Big Twelve note to close out today's show. Thank you for joining me today again. I'm sorry this is podcasted up a little later than usual, uh, but I hope you enjoyed it. Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.